498. When will you all get to heaven? Unless you're holding a baby, and if you can't, let's stand. change all month long and change is oh I hope I covered some church about change uh, personal change and other kinds of changes good changes bad changes hopefully every one of you is still changing and uh, we should be changing and growing naturally as much as the seasons change naturally let's come to the book of James chapter 1 verse number 17 James 1 17 
James 1.17 to begin tonight. Close out the October series of lessons from change with this verse to begin. James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness nor shadow of turning. Now, there's a good statement in this verse about God not changing. Uh, the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, no possibility of change, nor shadow of turning. Uh, this is kind of talking about the sun low on the horizon. It casts long shadows as it moves up toward noonday, the noonday sun. Shadows seem to be gone except straight down as it moves as it moves the west. Then, of course, you have long shadows again before the sun sets. Variableness and different intensity of light, which creates different kinds of shadows. Harsh, strong light creates harsh, long shadows, but then you have uh, changes of um, uh, the earth going around the sun, different seasons, you have a difference of uh, the, the intensity of shadows. And so the shadow turning uh, may refer to also light and shadow caused by the changing seasons as the earth rotates on its axis going around the sun. And so the sun's distance and direction, they alter the shadows that come and so all of these things, the sun rises, the sun sets, it appears and then disappears every day. So the idea is that there's change, there's change every day, shadows change. Uh, they, I, I use the word intensity, the harshness of shadows changing, the softness of shadows, all affected by the sun's, uh, the earth's position of the sun. Now, it does say in James 1.17, the Father of light, with whom is no variableness nor shadow of turning. In other words, he doesn't change like shadows change on earth. He doesn't change like uh, different times of the day The shadows are different. Not at all. By the way, one of the most favorite times of the day is early morning and also when the sun's about to go down. The shadows make the difference. Good photography has a lot to do with the shadows that are there on your subject and on the mountains and everything else. The shadows make the big difference. The time of day is very critical and important to a great piece of uh, photography. Now, here's something that never changes. Something never changes. In contrast to shadows and variableness about that, here's what does not change. God does not change. He never changes. Now, first of all, Hebrews 13, 7 tells us this. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, in what way is Jesus Christ the same? Jesus Christ the same. He doesn't change. He never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. What does that mean? What part of Jesus Christ never changes? This is important to understand. Remember Jesus when he was born of the Virgin Mary. He was a baby at one point, And then he grew up to be 1, 2, 3, 4, 12 years old. And then he turned into, after the, the years of silence in his youth, all of a sudden, at 30, he is doing his public ministry after he is baptized publicly by John the Baptist. And so uh, he did grow physically. So it does not mean uh, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today. It doesn't mean he um, didn't change physically because he did normally grow physically. It doesn't mean he didn't change mentally or emotionally. He grew, he grew intellectually. So Jesus Christ did change normally as a man. But he didn't change in what way? What way does it mean Jesus Christ the same? Yesterday, today he's the same. Tomorrow he's the same. He doesn't change. What does that mean? What part of him does not change? Now think with me. 
people who believe in signs and miracles and tongues and um, those things of the first century that have now passed on, passed away, and no longer needed, no longer is in effect because we have the Word of God. Uh, they believe by this verse, you see, the early church, the Corinthian church, they spoke in tongues, they did miracles, uh, the apostles did miracles, they cast out devils, they raised the healed the sick, raised the dead, and so on. Uh, they say Jesus Christ the same, Hebrews chapter 13. So you use that verse as a proof text to prove that you can do the things of the first century. But really, it's not saying that. Because he did change physically, and time moved on for him, and then soon he uh, was crucified, and then he was resurrected and went back to heaven. And so the thing about Jesus not changing is his nature as God did not change. His nature as God did not change. That essential part of God, the characteristics of God, the uh, the qualities of that makes up a God, that never changed. And so Jesus Christ did change as a man, as a flesh, a man of flesh, but he is immutable. God is immutable. That means he's unchanging. Immutable. Does not change. So, okay, let's take a look at that. God's nature never changes. Turn to Psalm 102. Psalm 102. It's easy to just read the verses, but we need to look at the verses as well. Psalm 102. Alright, I'm going to give you a little exercise here. With uh, Let's follow along in the words of the Bible. Psalm 102, verse 25, 26, and 27. As I sometimes do, when we will read, I'll read, and I'll be pausing, and when I pause, read the next word. Then I'll know for sure that you are on the same literal page. Psalm 102, verse 25. Verse 25, okay? I've given ample time for you to find it. Verse 25 says, Of old hast thou laid the foundation of the earth, and the are the work of thy hands. Verse 26, They shall but thou shalt yea, all of shall old like a as a vesture shalt thou change them, and they shall be verse 27, but Art the same, and thy years shall have no end. Oh, those are three great verses. That's a verse, the three verses that says God, who made everything, the things that He made as far as material things, they shall change, they shall perish. But, verse 26, thou, God, shall endure. He would not change, He would not perish. All of them shall wax old, but God never gets old. Everything gets old. Now they talk about geological ages and uh, this, the Cenozoic, the Paleozoic, the Crustaceous, all of these ages and things. You know, it's supposed to reflect the age of the earth. I would say whatever. The earth gets older. The universe gets older. Everything gets older. And all of them shall wax old like a garment. We can understand like a garment. I have t-shirts that I bought from Kmart. Five, six maybe seven years ago in uh, couple A. I still have them because they're cotton and they were like two for three dollars. And so whether I didn't use them enough because they're still, they're still good, they're still cotton, they're still warm, um, but they're getting older. I, you, if you hang clothes in a closet, what happens if they're hanging over a, a, a hanger? You have a ring there, a line there, dust line, things. 
and actually things are getting older. You put things in a in a chest, you put things in a container, uh, they all are getting older. Things are getting worn out. And so the ideas that the universe that God made, they are waxing old like a garment. As a vesture shalt thou change them. They shall be changed. Verse 27, but, contrast, but, contrast, but, but thou art the same. Everything changes, but God, you are the same. Amen. Thy years have no end. Which is to say that God's nature is one of immutability. Amen. He is unchanging. So Jesus Christ in his nature as God, the same yesterday, today, and forever, like God, like they said of God in Psalm 102, but yet Jesus Christ as a man, as a man in the flesh, in the incarnation, his body changed physically. So that's what that's all about. But the thing you want to learn is that God is eternal. He never changes. So uh, Malachi 3.6 says this. This is a great verse about the, the nature of God. Malachi 3.6. Oh, let's see if you can find it. Ready? Get set. Wait a minute. Let's, we need to close the Bible. This is so hard to do because Malachi is the, the third book of the New Testament. And it's so hard to find. So let's close our Bibles. And I was getting poor when people, I said the other time, okay, I'll give you so much for this. And somebody actually asked me for a payment. I had to pay it up. So I would not hurt myself. I would say just for a nickel. If you can find Malachi chapter 3, uh, wait a minute, don't look yet. I have to say go. If you can find Malachi chapter 3, verse number 6, and if you're the first one, or if you think you are, stand, and I will give you, wait a minute, I just increased from 5 cents to 10 cents. 10 cents, okay. You know what? Increased to 15 cents. I'm in a good mood, 25 cents. 25 cents to anyone who can find Malachi 3 6 first and you can read it to prove that you found it. When I say go, ready, set, go. You gotta stand. You gotta stand. Oh, yeah. Timothy. For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not considered. Very good. I'm going to write down his name, Timothy. Okay, 25 cents. All right, for I'm the Lord. God says, I'm the Lord. I change not. Everything changes. Creation changes, but he says, I change not. I change not. I change not. And he goes on to say, therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed because I keep my promises. My covenant, you're not consumed, Jacob. So the, the point is, the verse 30, verse 6, is God says, I change not. Everything changes. We understand that. But God has not changed. He is eternal. He is immutable. Um, now, his qualities are eternally the same. So here's some qualities of God besides that. Number one, God is singular. God is spiritual. And God is, what did I write down here? I'll get to that one in just a second. Yes, I see it. He is separate from his creation. First of all, God is singular. God is singular. Well, what does that mean, singular? When someone is single, what does that mean? He's by himself. He's by himself. So God is by himself. There's only one God. And so we find in Deuteronomy, again, another verse. This is not for quote, but for 10 cents. Close your Bibles. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Chapter 6. Chapter 6. And verse number 4. 
Los bajos. Ready? Set. Go. Yes, Matthew, read it. Verse 6. Yes, chapter 6, verse 4. Six four chapter six verse four. Okay, uh, let's see who is next to stand up. It was Joseph. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Lord. Uh, the Lord our God is how many? One Lord. One, one Lord. Okay, that is critical to the Hebrew thinking. They do believe in one God. They are mono, monotheistic. Believe in one God. We do too as Christians. So God is singular. He's one spiritual being. There are no other gods that are legitimate besides the God of the Bible. No council of the gods, as the Mormons would teach. There is no, there is no multitude of gods like there are in Hinduism. Uh, monotheistic, one God. We are one God, believers. Jews are one God, believers too. So God is singular. That's very important to know. God is singular. Number two, God is spiritual, meaning that he's not a physical being. All right, now, who can find John? John, John. John, chapter 4, verse number 24. Ready? Set. Go. Oh, okay. You're the Flash. Go ahead, Flash. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Okay. What did I say? Is that a, did I say nickel or penny? I don't huh. think he said anything. Okay, so it's a penny. <laughs> no, that's, uh, that's, did I say a quarter? Okay. I think it said 10 cents. That's why you said 10 cents. The first time it was a quarter, now it's 10 cents, so... I gotta watch my finances here. Uh, so God is uh, singular, and then God is spiritual. He is a spirit, which is to say, although He was uh, a physical uh, man in the flesh when He was here on earth in His incarnation, He didn't stay that way in eternity. So, in eternity, He was a spirit, came to earth as a spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, flesh, and after His ministry and work was done on earth. Went back to heaven spiritually, but also literally. But he's in heaven now, not as a fleshly person. So there was a limitation to when he was in the flesh. All during that time, he was still God. But now we learn that God is eternal and he is spiritual. He's a spiritual being. Important to know. God is a spiritual being. We will see in just a second why that is important. I have one more verse for you to find. Numbers, Numbers, the book of math, Numbers, chapter 23, verse 19. Let's see if someone can beat the champion of the year. Numbers 23, verse 19. Ready, set, go. Okay, no, you came up first. Go ahead and read it. Numbers what? 
This is called grace. Ready? Okay, number, Numbers chapter 23 and verse 19. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoke, spoken, and, how sh and shall he not make it? Excelente, very good. God is not a man. Listen to the verse. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man. So God, God is not a man. Number one, he's not a man that does what man does. Men can lie. Okay, so he's not a man in that sense. Number two, God is not a man. He's not physical. He's not material. He's not corporal. He is spiritual. God is not a man. He's not a man. So God is spiritual. Very plain and very clear and very important to realize that God is a spiritual being. And uh, because, because he's a man, uh, because he's not a man, he's not limited to where he is. Now, there's only one Michael Lee. There's only one Michael Lee. There's only one Dan Wilson. There's only one of you. Where are you when you're sitting here? At this moment, where are you? You are right here. Are you in your car? No. Are you at home? No. Are you at Chick-fil-A? No, but you wish you are. <laughs> but you're not there because you're limited to where you can be because you are a physical person. You can only be in one place at one time. God is not a physical person. So he can be how many places at the same time? Everywhere. Everywhere. He can be everywhere at the same time because he's not limited to a physical body. God is a spiritual being. Which is important for the Christian because that means he is present everywhere right now. So while he is with you right now sitting here, he's with whoever is a believer in any time zone. How many time zones are there circling this globe? 12? 12 time zones? 24 time zones? Can you imagine that Christians in every time zone, they can say, God is with me? And that'll be true because God is His Spirit. Present ever at one time. Now listen to Psalm 139, verse number 8. If I ascend into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. What is that verse about? If I sin, if I go up into heaven, thou art there. Okay. If I make my bed in hell, in opposite place, behold, thou art there. What is he saying? Is he saying God is in hell? No, no. He's making a point by, by saying, if I go there, he's there. If I go there, he's there. It's like he's saying, wherever I go, God is there. Because he's a spirit. So, where is everywhere? Where is there? Where is there? Where is there for you? Well, wherever you are, that's where God is because he's a spirit. So God is not in hell literally. David is just simply saying, God is everywhere. You can't escape him. You can't get away from him. 
You can't run from him. You can't hide from him. And if you need comfort, he's right there too. In either case, he's there because he's a spiritual being. Uh, Mr. Charles Spurgeon said this one time. He said, I was looking at a weather vane above, above a barn. Weather vane is where it turns because of the wind. It turns north, south, east, or west. He said, keep turning. And then he said, God is like that. And then someone said, you mean God is not stable? God is fickle? He says, oh no, what I mean is this. Wherever the wind blows the weather vane, it turns in that direction. It points north, south, east, or west. Different. Sometimes it turns real quickly. Depends on the wind conditions. He says, that is a signal to say, wherever you point, that's where God is. Which is very true. Look at a compass. Four points of a compass. Wherever you point to, wherever the compass points to, uh, of course, north. And if there's south and east and west, wherever wherever you would go, that's where God would be. Because God is a spiritual being. Are, are some kids afraid of the dark? Sometimes they are. Here's what the Bible says about that. Psalm 121, verse number 4. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. That's a really good verse. First of all, that verse is talking about God watching over Israel. He's watching guard over Israel. God says, Israel is my people. They are my nation. They are my special. They are, my, they are the apple of my eye. He says, uh, no matter what happens in Israel, going back to the time of this writing and into the future, to present times, uh, Israel, Israel is God's delight. And he keeps his eye on Israel and he doesn't sleep and he doesn't slumber. You ever see someone on guard duty and they're sleepy, they're drowsy? You ever see someone working and they're drowsy? You ever see state employees standing holding a, holding a rake uh, and uh, they doze off? You ever see employees, state employees holding a sign that says stop or come when they're making some construction on the road? And uh, some of them are so, so excited, so enthusiastic they, no, watch up here now. They, they they give directions. If it's a yield, they're supposed to give you a clear sign. You know what to do? Yield sign, they turn a little pole like this. A lot of engine, flip it, stop, go. Flip it to stop or slow down, and then they do this. They watch, they do this. That's really definitive. Then time to go, they do this. That is really exciting. That's really enthusiastic. That's like, wow, I want to hire him to be a football player. It's so excited, you know? And then um, sometimes you get people that are really dramatic and they, you know, they've been on some kind of program and they do, you know, stop, come. They do, just overdo it, you know, it's kind of fun. It's better than, better than, you know, like that. And then you don't follow the instruction to yell at you. Like, how come you didn't follow my finger? What finger? What finger? That finger? Hey. Uh, make your signs clear so I know what you're doing. This uncertain sound business, I don't understand that. Make it clear. And so uh, the thing about God and Israel is that he watches over them. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't, he's not real casual about watching over his people, his nation. He doesn't slumber. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't doze off. He doesn't go to sleep so that I'm not aware of what's going on. When you're sleeping, you know what's happening when you're sleeping? One, one time we had a youth camp years ago, and one of the camp counselors, she was a dependent. Her husband was in the military, Marines. And she was telling the girls, the camp girls, I think, she was saying, you know, when you sleep, you open your mouth like this. And she said, you know why you're sleeping? You don't know what's going on. Things can come into your mouth while you're sleeping. So she was telling the girls, do not open your mouth while you're sleeping. 
Well, of course, how can you not open your mouth while you're sleeping? So she said, sometimes roaches can come into your mouth. And you don't even know it. Now, this is a campground up in the mountains in Waianae. So it's very logical and likely that sometimes bugs can get in your mouth. And she was putting the fear of going to bed. A lot of girls did not go to sleep that night because of the possibility of a roach coming to your mouth or a moth coming in and depositing things, you know, and then all these things. See, the idea is when you're sleeping, you don't know what's going on. You're not aware of what's going on around you. But God never sleeps. He never slumbers. He doesn't know if he's not, he's not, you know, kind of like on guard duty, but he's so, no, he doesn't slumber. He's alert. He's watching over his people. Right now, in the Gaza Strip, did you know that since 2005, at two, in year, the year 2005, Israel gave up the Gaza Strip. In 2006, Hamas took it over. And since 2006, they have had control over the citizens of the Gaza Strip. And you know that anything that happens now as far as the death of people, the death of its citizens, Hamas is responsible for that. If it be children, it be adults, if they use their shields against rocket attack or bombing from Israel, they are at fault. They are responsible for what happens to them because they own that part or they are responsible for that since 2006. You cannot blame Israel to use children as shields against a rocket attack or bombing. That's a war crime. That's, right. That's a war crime. And so God will protect his people. He has and he always will. And he will protect his other people, the church. He always has and he always will. He says, I'm with you always to the Christian, even to the end of the world, which is to say, I'm with you in the courtroom. I'm with you in the ER room. I'm with you in the prison room. I'm with you in the whatever room that you're in. I'm with you in the airplane. I'm with you in the car. I'm with you on the freeway. I'm with you in Kahalu. I'm with you on Cam Highway going through wherever. I'm with you on Farrington Highway, especially through Waipahu. I'm with you there. I'm with you on a two-lane highway. I'm with you in the busy city. I'm with you on a little street somewhere in Waimanalo. I'm with you everywhere. Now, if Elon Musk ever gets his dream to send somebody to Mars, one thing will be sure. They'll find God there. Then God's going to say, what are you doing over here in Mars? You don't belong on Mars. You belong on Earth. I'm in Earth for you Earthlings. Not for you Martians. There are no Martians there. And then Elon Musk was talking to someone in an interview. He's saying that we need to do certain things to preserve our civilization as if he could. That guy is such a visionary. This, I don't know how, it's incredible, the activity in his brain. But he wants to fly into beyond, the, beyond our solar system beyond the universe. He says there's another universe beyond this universe. Talks very seriously about that. He says we must do certain things to preserve our civilization. Um, if he did go to the end of our Milky Way, he would find that God is there. And God's going to say, you're, you're out of bounds here, Mr. Musk. You, you know, don't worry about these things. I will take care of these things. In other words, God is everywhere because he's spiritual and he's a spirit. Now, also, number two, uh, number three, God is separate from his creation. So God is a spiritual being, and God is now, I'm going to tell you, he is separate from his creation. He is separate from his creation. That he created everything is a given. It's so obvious that he has made all things, but Colossians 1.16 does say, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, which is to say 
everything you can see with a telescope or with a with a satellite out in space with a camera sending images back by, by radio transmission or if you go down into the ocean as far as you can or if you look into a, a super powered microscope an electron microscope of some sort you can see the smallest thing whatever you see big or small invisible or visible he says God made them all there that's kind of fantastic to know so nothing you can discover was not created by God nothing no new revelation scientifically <gasps> well look we discovered well that's what God made already uh, there are creatures down in the deep ocean that are so crazy looking so crazy looking they're small, but they're crazy looking. And uh, you ever see how killer whales hunt? It is fantastic how they hunt. They hunt in groups. I saw a video of a seal basking in the sun on a little piece of ice. And here came four killer whales. They came like this. And then they went under the ice that the, the seal was on, and they created such a wave that the seal flopped and rolled around the slippery ice. Then the ice split, and the wheels came around, ready for the sea to fall into the mouth. So smart. You know, God made creatures real smart. It's not by evolution, it's crazy. It is awesome how God made everything. So God is separate from his creation, and uh, he's not in his creation. Important uh, truth to remember, uh, pantheism is say God is in nature. God is not in nature, he is separate from his nature. Uh, a beautiful sunset, Oh, look at God. No, no, that's a beautiful sunset that God made. Yeah. Oh, look at that beautiful lake. Oh, yes, God's there. I see God. You see God there? Uh, cloud formations looks like a face. Oh, I see God. No, no, you see a cloud formation that looks like a face. That's all you see. It is not God in the creation. God is separate from his creation. So, uh, oh, that dog, that pet, so smart. Oh, uh, oh, beautiful. No, 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 no. God made that separate from himself. And so, uh, you don't worship the creature more than the creator you worship God not the creation and so since God is infinite eternal immortal he cannot die he cannot die because he serves a formula well the greatest minds that God ever made they try to figure things out and you know the mind is to, to be stretched is to be challenged is to think and create things and discover and to broaden things and so no man can figure out God totally all you know about God is from the Bible which is plenty which is plenty but there's a lot about God that the Bible does not talk about, which leaves you wondering. But you know enough about God from the Bible to say that God is a good God. He's a spiritual being. He is, he is righteous. He is holy. He is, he is a moral and all these moral qualities of God. We know that from the Bible. But can you totally understand God? Well, no. No. You can spend a lifetime studying God, theology, study of God, but you never come to a place where you say, I understand everything about God. You cannot. It's impossible. But yet, he makes himself known from the scriptures. My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. And so, uh, this AI stuff that people are talking about all the time, AI we talk about too, uh, it's all in the programming. And so they can act like a human, talk like a human, respond like a human, but they're not human. Because there's some, there's a gap there you talk about the missing link. There's a missing link between a robot and a human. There's a missing link. It's a big link that can never be found, can never be bridged because God made man, the spirit and the soul, and he's different from animals, of course. 
And uh, no matter what man creates artificially, they cannot come close to knowing what God is like because it's a limitation there. Uh, you know, the size of the universe, they say it's much bigger than what they thought. The, the, the thousands of light years across this, it's like a big cube. Now they're saying there's possibly a universe after this universe and another universe after this universe. It's like a, a small box in a bigger box in a bigger box in a bigger box in a bigger box until you have a lot of boxes and you keep going there's, there's more so people are saying now the universe is so big we cannot comprehend it and that's kind of like trying to figure out what God is like it's so big can't figure it out can't figure him out and so all you can say is well by faith and know what God is like from what the Bible says and so the conclusion is going to be well we know he's perfect because the Bible says so and we might as well stop trying to figure everything out Amen. and just accept the fact that we know enough to know that God is good God is love God is merciful God is long-suffering etc to appreciate and be thankful to God with the limited information that you have from the Bible and that you know that this awesome awesome God sent his one and only son to this world to redeem us and you know that which tells you a lot about the nature of God and his, his personality and his desire to reach the fallen. And so logically, uh, reasons as to why God is immutable and why he is the way he is and how it benefits us. Number one, here's some reasons why it is good that God is immutable. He doesn't change in all of his attributes. First of all, change means, change means there's something 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 not right so you change something changing means something is not right changing means something's not there yet changing means it needs improvement change means you come to a place in time which something went on and then you change it and from that point on it's changed but then you change that one because after this change you change it again to make it better so change means something's not complete well is God complete well what does you have to change then well, he doesn't have to change because he is complete. Amen. He is perfect. And so for change to take place, it must happen in a limited place called time. But God is above time. <laughs> if he's above time, why would he? He cannot change because you can change things in this box called time. But he's beyond time, above time. He's eternal. So he cannot change because he's perfect. But we have to change because we're not perfect. And so he's existing above, uh, above, uh, outside the limitations of time, and uh, uh, on something else about change. Change must be for the better, because something is not good. God is good; doesn't have to change. And uh, something has to be removed to improve something. What does have to? What has to be removed from God to improve God? Nothing. And to, 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 to change, to make something better, it is implying that something is not good or not right, but that's not possible with God. And so something has to be added to change something, to improve something, to make it better. What can you add to God to make him better? More love? More grace? Are we kidding? More patience? How can that be? More long-suffering. So we cannot add anything to change God. God is unchangeable. He's immutable. 
Well, um, what about when the Bible says God repented? Okay, can't go on too much about that, but when God repented, when God repents in the Bible, he is responding to what a man has responded to something that God told a prophet to say to people. Nineveh was going to be wiped out, but they listened to the preaching of Jonah, and then they repented, and then God repented of what he intended to do. So the repenting for him, for God, was not that because he was wrong or because he made a mistake. No, it's what I changed my mind. I was going to do this, but because you responded to my, my messenger, I'm going to back off from what I said to do. So I, I changed my mind about that. So God did not change in his essence or in his personality or in his being, in his nature, in his attributes. He changed what he was going to do in his response. So they responded. He responded to their response. So when people repent, God responds to the repentance. Okay, you reap what you sow. Oh, 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 but then you, you back off, you change your mind, and God holds back the reaping part. And so uh, those are some of the things about uh, everything changes, but God doesn't change. And it's a good thing he doesn't change because he makes promises and he keeps his promises. He makes covenants with Israel. Covenants are still good. Makes promises to the church. Those promises are good. And you are saved by promise. And you're going to get to heaven because he's promised to take you there by the seeding of your soul with the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. So promises are made. And because he's immutable, it doesn't change. You can have assurance that you will never, ever have to worry about losing what God has promised to keep your soul. Uh, I was talking to someone not well, it was today actually, and um, asking about uh, personal salvation. And uh, well, I, I, I try to be good. Well, no. If you got saved, you're given eternal life, and if you're given eternal life, you have eternal life from that point on. You didn't have it before, but you were given it when you believed on Christ. Oh, is that good news? Yeah, that's good news. So your activity as a Christian has no bearing on your salvation. So you got saved, and if you're active for the Lord, that's a blessing to God and it's good, but if you're never active, you're still saved because you're given eternal life it sounds kind of productive and kind of intuitive, kind of like oh well how, how can that be? It's because God said so and he doesn't break his word he will He will act upon what he promised to do, so when you got saved, you got saved, from that point on you have eternal life, and it was a good conversation so things, things change, but God never changes wrapping it up you and I should change. You and I should change. You and I should change. And you and I will continue to change until we get to heaven or until we die. And so um, uh, along that line, our bodies are changing. Our bodies are getting more weaker, getting more, uh, we lose our strength, lose our eyesight, lose, lose our teeth, lose our hearing. Well, it kind of worries me, you know, because my wife keeps telling me, you're forgetful now. And I said, no, don't forget. She said, you're, she'll say something and she'll say, I'll say, what'd you say? She said, you see, your hearing is going. Well, what she's really saying is you're getting older. And what she's really saying is you better stop getting older because I'm going to leave you if you get older. <laughs> between the lines, between the lines. So, but uh, that's a matter of fact. But 
we can have comfort to know that God never changes Amen. and he'll keep us safe and secure alright we're going to pray and next month which is just like around the corner another series of lessons on Wednesday night Father we thank you for your word and thank you for the reminders about who you are and how everything changes everything changes people change opinions people change political parties people change clothes they change cars they change fashion they change uh, how they feel about things they like one thing then they change it then they hate it people change all the time but we're so glad to know and are reminded the fact that you never change we can depend upon you for your promises we pray that in jesus name amen